You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, and I'm sitting next to Jeff here. How's it going, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you, Neil? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, in the studio today, it's a little empty. It's just you and I in here. Just so, the two of us. So Ken uh, Ken isn't here. Um, he actually decided to uh, go to the Maytag factory and uh, work on the line, uh, fixing everyone's uh, washer and dryers. And um, if you guys happen to see any uh, stray hairs uh, in your, your dishes, uh, it's probably from Ken, uh, you know, hand washing with, uh, with um, what's that stuff called? Uh, the silver thing that you clean with? You know, it, cu- it clumps like into a balls. Scouring pad, yeah, uh, like, like a sc- steel wool. Steel there wool. Go. There you go. So it's, it's they don't make, they don't make him wear a beard net. They don't make him make him wear a beard net. No. I thought he was gunning for Colin Ferguson's job. He, well, yeah, as the Maytag man, you yeah. might be right. Star of Eureka, um, and that was Matt's voice. You heard uh, coming to us uh, from the city of angels. How's it going, Matt? Uh, it's going great. As always. Uh, and Matt, if possible, one of the future episodes, we'd like you to uh, do the episode from the uh, angels' flight. Uh, ride not ride it's, a, it's an actual form of transportation from the old days but just google okay. it it's pretty I'll cool get right on that, oh is yeah. that the uh okay. that's like the trolley on a little angle? trolley yeah 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 do it from the angels flight uh the reason i'm saying that is because i've binged uh all of bosch great show by the way great show uh, on amazon prime and uh i've been to all of bosch and i've read all of the mickey haller books by the same author michael connelly i'm like on a michael connelly he's like my drug dealer now so I'm I'm just like uh, Dave Chappelle on that uh, meme where he's scratching. He's like, y'all got any more of that Michael Connelly? <laughs> so that's basically me. Uh, but we have two very special guests here, uh, and uh, we're excited to introduce them. The first one I'll introduce uh, is going to be Matt's partner today, and that's someone um, that is one of our good friends uh, over from Scotland. You've heard him. You love him. Uh, that is Adam Addy Lewis. How's it going, Addy? Hey, guys. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, how are you? Doing well. We heard you were uh, binging some Angel today. Uh, what else is new in the world of Addy? Um, yeah, not a lot's new, really. Um, yeah, I'll be looking forward to coming over to Geek Bowl. As of this recording, it's a week until I go over to Chicago. So we'll, uh, I'll be jumping pretty much straight off the plane and going straight to a live quiz with you guys, actually. I think that's the plan. Should be a good time. Um, and yeah, having, be, having this already time. happened, I'm sure that you guys won first place. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Uh, I, I think result. I think Addy was a little surprised that uh, the winner has to streak across the bar. So, Well, it was the second time for everything, I suppose, isn't there? <laughs> I just wanted Standard to get tackled by the Rossi, actually. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thank you very much, Addy, for joining us and uh, for also supporting us on Patreon and uh, just being an avid listener. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. And uh, also joining us, uh, not from Scotland and uh, very, very much not from London, uh, as we've learned. Uh, he is living in Somerset, uh, England, which we've uh, discovered uh, was the shooting location of Hot Fuzz and another favorite of mine, Paddington 2. Uh, that is a uh, Cruiserweight champion on Patreon, uh, a very, very funny comedian, David Rowe. How's it going, David? Hi, guys. Uh, yeah, not too bad. How are you guys doing? Doing well. Uh, I do want to say for the record uh, that you put this game together very quickly uh and it's a a huge compliment to you we were kind of just talking about maybe having you come on the show and and i think you said oh i already have half the game written so uh we appreciate that and for you taking the time um but why don't you tell us and the listeners a little bit about yourself um yeah so like you said uh i'm living in somerset in england um 
I I do uh, comedy not professionally or full time or anything, but it's just one of my many hobbies which will never make me money, such as trivia and uh, listening to you guys. And yeah, mm, join the club. <laughs> yeah, listening to us will definitely not make you money. That's for sure. <laughs> Um, but uh, actually, cost me money. Yeah, yeah. Hundred percent, Eddie. Well, Patreon.com. Well, podcast. Yes. Well, don't sell yourself sh- uh, short, David. Uh, you are shall very. Sell ver- sh- yourself short, you please. Sell yourself. Yeah, you're removing she shall seashores by the she shall shore. Yeah, um, but yeah, don't sell yourself short. Uh, you're very, very funny. Uh, and where, where can people find your comedy anywhere? Are you touring uh, anywhere around England right now? Uh, I sort of took a bit of a break from it for the past uh, six months and I started looking at doing um, bits of acting and voice acting and stuff like that. So uh, it's something that I'll hopefully be getting back into very shortly, but I don't have any dates at the top of my head at the minute. (laughs) Oh, no worries. But uh, people can, I think, look you up, though. Uh, David Rowe Comedy, I think, right? And find some videos like I did. Yeah, on YouTube and Twitter as well. I'm David Rowe Comedy. Wonderful. Yeah, definitely look up David. Uh, his last name is W-R-O-E. Uh, he has some very funny bits on there that uh, I was watching before we recorded. But thank you both for uh, joining us today. And uh, Matt and Addie, you're going to be a team. And uh, you've already mm-hmm. come up with a team name. What do you got there, Matt? Well, yeah, um, I remember when we were flying back from Geek Bowl last time, uh, we couldn't get the Iron Brew through customs, more or less, because it too much liquid. That was the thing. Really? Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> we had, I think it, it made your bag weigh too much. There was a whole thing there. Um, but Addie's drinking some Iron Brew today. I'm drinking some Mountain Dew. So we're Iron Brew and Mountain Dew. That sounds good. Is that Iron- the new formula that uh, that Brian Cranston's been plugging? Yeah, I think so. Iron I Brew and Mountain Dew. Commercial. I, so do I. Um, really <laughs> we enjoyed Iron Brew in the studio in one of the episodes. I can't remember which number it is, but we. I was very... Uh, it was almost like I was drunk after drinking yeah. it. I was in a haze. Um, <laughs> and uh, Jeff and I today were uh, talking a little bit about uh, philosophy while we were getting some lunch. And, uh, <laughs> and we were also talking about uh, the show Cheer on Netflix, which is very, very captivating. If you haven't seen it, a lot of people do not... Uh, respect cheerleaders uh, and it being a sport Colleen was a cheerleader and uh, kind of hurt her body several times uh, it's a it's a hard sport but uh, we were talking about cheerleading we were talking about philosophy so we're going to be Emmanuel Kant even so <laughs> nice yeah uh, I love Ooh. that uh, so uh, <laughs> let's throw it over to the voiceover guy who's going to be doing an impression of David doing an impression of the rules guy let's see how that sounds The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. What do you think, David? How, how was that accent? Oh, it was uh, spot on, I think. Yeah, he's mm. really been practicing. All right. I well. thought it was more of a London accent, actually. <laughs> yeah, a little too... Uh, it sounded like he'd been watching Hot Fuzz and... Yeah, <laughs> and right. okay. yeah he, wasn't, he wasn't too posh. <laughs> uh, so South London. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, David, um, feel free to take it away. You're, you're at the wheel. Okay, perfect. Yeah, so, so uh, number one is uh, Uncle John from Jamaica... And the question is, UK company P&O are best known for providing what sort of holidays? All right, yeah, we're, we're locked in over here at uh, Emmanuel Kant even. So how about you guys start? Uh, yeah, I know this one straight up, fortunately. Uh, P&O are a ferry company, so the kind of holiday they do is uh, they do cruises. Ooh, that makes us feel good over here. We we figured uh, when he said holiday and he's and Jamaica was in the uh, subject, uh, we thought it's got to be a cruise. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's cruises. Um, I, I'm surprised that the subject of the question gave it away because they were just fit little quips that I threw in at the end. <laughs> they weren't supposed to be clues, but I, I'm glad they worked out as such. Well, it I, wasn't a clue to me in any way whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> Well, after doing so many episodes of trivia now, we're, we're sort of cursed that we think everything is a clue when most of the time it is not. <laughs> cool. Uh, so question two uh, is it's what's inside that counts. And the question is, in what part of the body are most blood cells produced? 
All right, so they're locked in over there at uh, Iron Brew and Mountain Dew. Um, you're saying maybe bone marrow? I feel like that makes something. Okay, and you're saying uh, blood cells aren't created in the heart? No, that, that's just a pump. Okay, okay, so that's the, that's the Vander Pump of the body. Oh and it rules. Um, <laughs> um, Can't even some days. I, I have no idea, so if, if, you're, if you're kind of bringing bone marrow to the table, then so one, in, I'm in buying, the, and two, we're going to use that as our answer. In the bones? Yes. Is that what we're saying? Uh, the, Jimmy, the Jimmy Bones marrow. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're going to like him with bone marrow. Okay. Um, we did talked about the heart, um, remembering that that's actually just pumping um, the blood. So I said liver. I think it might be the liver. I know people have issue with clotting. So a lot of times it's the liver. Um, so we said that. Uh, so one of you is getting points. Uh, it is in the bones and specifically mm-hmm. the bone marrow. Nice. Wow. Uh, nice yeah, maybe I would have never got there. So I don't. Feel I, bad. I, yeah, I don't think I would have got. I was thinking various organs. I wouldn't have necessarily gone to the bones. Yep. <laughs> Three generations of nurses in my family, but as mm. I've said to them many times, I am not one of them. <laughs> yeah, ten, ten seasons later, I still don't care about bones. <laughs> uh, no bones about it. Hey, Eddie says watch an angel, not bones, right? So he's angel to him. <laughs> <It's boring. laughs> yeah. Okay, question three, which I've not written a little quip for, which is my bad, but um, question three, and I will probably butcher some of this pronunciation, so please do bear with me. We have, uh, in which city that was founded in 1541 would you find the Palacio de la Moneda and the Centro Gabriela Mistral Museum? I would protest about giving you more clues as I haven't wrapped up warm enough. What city? Palat- I mean, you got... Palacio sounds Italian. Yeah, it sounds Italian. And then Gabriella, something sounds Italian as well. Mistral? Yeah. Yeah. That's not Spanish, though, right? Like Spain. Well, what I was thinking about protests, I was thinking about um, Barcelona, but Palacio. Yeah, I, I like Barcelona. Do you want to go with it? Yeah, that's fine. Okay, your gut's been right so far. Okay. Yeah, the clue about in the question about being wrapped up warm enough definitely points uh, to Chile. The time period, fifteen forty points to South America. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, if we're going to Chile. Do we just go for the obvious one and say the capital, say um, Santiago? Yeah, we're going to go Santiago. Okay. Uh, I'm going to throw this to Jeff because you had a a decent uh, avenue on this one. Yeah, we thought this was maybe a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, We didn't think of Chile as being wrapped up warm enough, but uh, we know there was some recent protesting in Barcelona, so we guessed Barcelona. Okay, so again, one of you is getting points. Um, if there ever is an opportunity for a horribly bad pun, I'm going to take it. So, wrapped up warm enough was chilly, and it is Santiago. Makes sense. There you go. Hey, excellent. <laughs> that totally makes sense. I didn't even think of it that it way. Yeah. Okay, number four. I'm jumping on a bandwagon that I've seen a few people do, and it's going to be Dave Drama's A Hit. Mm-hmm. So, I'll be doing a dramatic reading of a hit song, <laughs> and I just need you to name the song and the artist. And for bonus points... I would like to know where the song peaked in the Billboard Top 100. Okay. Mm. So the song goes, Now, I can see we're falling apart from the way it used to be. No matter the distance, I want you to know the deep down inside of me. So Jeff and I are going to lock in because you're speaking uh, uh, to Jeff here. (laughs) Yeah, uh, <laughs> just a big fan of, of the band. Uh, but yeah, we're um, locked in. Oh, I mean, I know it. So you guys, you guys are locked in. Yeah. yeah. Do you know the position? So I uh, have no sharing. idea. This music, me and music don't go well together. Uh, um, well, because you don't know this, you're now going to be required to do it at karaoke on Thursday night. <laughs> uh, this is this is definitely I want it that way by Backstreet Boys, and I think it peaked at number two. Is what I'll I would say. Now that you say that. I absolutely know that's the correct answer, <laughs> yes. Um, I used to go to I, – I, I was a golf in my kind of my student days, and funnily enough, <laughs> at the end of the night, there would usually be – the last song would usually for some reason end up being a, a song by a boy band. Seeing 100-plus golfs all doing, <laughs> doing like Backstreet Boys or Five or Take That Dance and doing the dances in perfect sync <laughs> like it was a Take That concert is <laughs> – quite something 
Okay, so yeah, that was our lock-in. What did you guys have? Uh, we weren't too sure on the uh, billboard uh, placement, so we said three for that one. But uh, it is, of course, uh, Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. And to be more specific, uh, to maybe make up those bonus points we missed, uh, that would actually be Kevin's only verse in that song. So that's what we said. <laughs> no, nothing for that. so yeah no nothing for that but it is uh, I Want It That Way by the Backstreet Boys Um, it peaked uh, which surprised me it only peaked at number 6 in the US charts uh, Billboard Top 100 I believe yeah I can't imagine the five songs better than that song we have to figure this out we'll have to do it at uh, intermission and we'll we'll let the listeners know to see what songs bested that one okay um, so number 5 uh, we've got the title, Let's Get Feddy to Rumble. And your question is, which U.S. federal law enforcement agency can trace its origins back to 1772 when Benjamin Franklin appointed the first surveyor, meaning that theoretically its origins, at least, are older than the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. itself? It's um, That was a national treasure. They talked about it. Um, federal agency is it the Secret Service like existed before Secret even... Service came around uh, during Lincoln he signed it into law I think right before he was assassinated because they were originally to try and stop counterfeiting right yeah right. oh and this was this is um, what did he say 1772 yeah federal agency so um, surveyors oh um, so he specifically said law enforcement I didn't even actually hear Coast that Coast Guard that makes sense because it would have been ships. They would survey the land from yeah. The, the that makes sea, sense. Right? I mean, yeah, yeah, that makes sense because it was a. That would be interesting if it was like the oldest branch of the military. Well, let's just go Coast Guard because yeah. don't really know. Uh, I'm fine with it. Um, okay, so me and yep. me and Addie were talking. Uh, we you know quickly ruled out FBI, CIA, um, anything like that, uh, and then Addie said the ATF, which is interesting um because you would think maybe you'd want to get that started as soon as possible um and i agreed so that's what we locked in with that does make a lot of sense uh we were trying to pull uh, our uh benjamin uh franklin gates or sorry <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh national treasure but we couldn't so uh, we don't think this is considered a law enforcement agency but we thought you know from the water you might survey the land so we said the coast guard okay so um I think, Addy, you were getting close to this one because you were going along the right lines. I think they had something to do with um, tobacco and alcohol at some point. But it was the United States Postal Inspection Service. Mm. Oh. I oh. thought about that, but that didn't that didn't click. Yeah. I always forget that they have that law enforcement wing. Yeah. Wait, didn't isn't there like a Saturday morning kids yeah, show? Yeah, the about cartoon. That? <laughs> That's, <laughs> yeah, we talked about this on another show. Uh, but no, it's a live action um, a live action In- show. The inspectors or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, they have guns and that no one needs. Yeah, the inspectors, that's what it's called. Uh, so after five, uh, it looks like uh, Emmanuel Kant even uh, has 30 points. And what about you over at Iron Brew and Mountain Dew? Uh, also 30 points. All right, tight game. Uh, let's keep it going, David. Okay, no problem. So question six is that 80s show. And your question is, which 80s CBS show in its six-year run was responsible for six consecutive Emmys for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Show and 12 nominations for the same award? No other show has matched it for wins in this award and only Murder, She Wrote, has matched it for nominations. Dallas? No. Oh, maybe... um sounds in my tongue um dynasty oh dynasty that was the two women they, they had the fight when they went in the pool and it was um I, I like that suzanne collins i think i can't remember her name but that's the author but that yeah. was a big thing yeah 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 that that, that could be it let's do it. let's go that let's try it's very 80s okay yeah we're, we're saying uh, we think the thing is possibly one of these sort of uh detective shows you know sort of someone and someone um mm-hmm. if they're around for two for six Ran for six years, six wins, 12 nominations, mm. obviously two nominations for leading actress. Yeah, so Cagney and Lacey makes the most sense. Um, yeah. I think we're good to lock in on that. All right, so you're on Cagney and Lacey. Uh, we weren't really sure um, of shows that, that were in the 80s. Uh, we were having a really hard time actually like trying to figure that out. 
And um, the only one we could think of, and we don't think it's CBS, was Dynasty, possibly, because we, we knew that there was the famous scene of um, the two actresses kind of like fighting. It was very dramatic. And then they, they went into the pool. It was more soap opera, I think. But we figured we'd try it. So Dynasty. Dynasty was 80s, though. So that's right, at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, uh, uh, yeah, Addy, you picked up uh, exactly what you were meant to in the question. It ran for... Uh, six years, had 12 nominations for Outstanding Lead Actress. And so you went down the right route and you got the right answer. It's Cagney and Lacey. Nice. Both Cagney and Lacey. Doing good work. Okay. Um, question number seven is titled Bardy Hell. And it is, which colourful Disney character shares his namesake with a less colourful Highness Shakespeare villain who has a penchant for handkerchiefs? We're locked in over here. Ooh, you're okay, in. we are not. Um, we have. We are nowhere near it yet. Um, Correct. <laughs> Thinking about Shakespeare villains, we got uh, Shakespeare, uh, Macbeth, um, Julius Caesar. Um, nothing there. Shylock. Uh, Shylock. I could name a large, a, a decent number yeah. of these Shakespeare, um, mm-hmm. villains given enough time. Uh, yeah, I I literally have nothing here. I mean, we could say like Dumbo or um, Disney characters, Bambi. Yeah, we got we got like literally nothing here. This is yeah, it's a fantastic question, and I'm annoyed that I can't. I, that I should, I, I'm going to kick myself when I hear it. Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna wave our white handkerchief on this one and see what you guys said because we got nothing. This is a very great question. Uh, I will say we we know that David listens to the show because it is a reference to our show unless he did he did it unknowingly. But um, we've said this one fact a few times and I, it took me a minute to get to it. But um, one of the characters in uh, the Disney film Aladdin is voiced by Gilbert Gottfried, who is named after a villain in Othello, and that is Iago. Yep, that is exactly right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I- Colorful because he's the power. Um, right, right. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah. is, I was thinking far more literally. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Um, number eight, and this one is titled "It's the one that says bad mother effort on it." <laughs> and the question is, UFC two four four made history as Jorge Masvidal won a title that wasn't strictly a title. The BMF title was specially created for this much-hyped contest. Jorge won the fight and the belt after a doctor's stoppage, but which fighter who holds the record for most fight-of-the-night bonuses did he defeat? Mm. And bonus points, which celebrity presented the belt to the winner? Okay, all right, so just one second here because I know the celebrity. Um, So The Rock presented him with the belt. (laughs) Okay. Um, And... uh, shoot i don't i just watched that clip again because he beats him in like five seconds um i don't think it's nate diaz nate diaz is the guy that has the beef with um conor mcgregor okay um shoot yeah i don't follow usc at all yeah so. i don't know i'm not gonna get there so let's just go just to keep time i'm just gonna say we'll say nate diaz and we'll say the, get the bonus points for the rock yeah do you, you want to go with um with the first that with yeah with so with the yeah guy who said the line so we're sure it's Nate Diaz, and then we started thinking. Or I started talking about Shaft because he also is a, a BMF bad mother uh, effer. Right, right, right. Uh, so I think we just are going to say Nate Diaz, and for bonus, uh, Samuel Jackson. I I wasn't too sure if Nate Diaz was the correct answer. I knew that he has a beef with Conor McGregor, so um, we put Nate Diaz because I'm very unsure on that fact. I just watched the clip on twitter of him winning in five seconds or whatever with his knee um but mm-hmm. i do know for a fact that the person who gave him the belt uh was a dwayne the rock johnson oh. okay yes yeah, so um yeah it was nate diaz who he defeated and it was dwayne the rock johnson who uh handed him the belt wonderful and how many bonus points is that for david five you, you give him five i don't want to do five, twos yeah. all right sure we'll, 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 t- we'll take the five okay uh number nine and this is link it up because I want you to tell me which actor links the following films. And they are Coneheads, The Longest Yard, Grown Ups, and The Week Of. Okay, so um, over here at Immanuel Kant, even 
took us a second, but I think we have the correct answer. Uh, we'll just go first. Uh, we think this is the rock man, Chris Rock. Oh, Chris Rock. Um, so I thought this was actually possibly Adam Sandler because we were thinking, I think he was in The Longest Yard. I know he was in Grown Ups. And we figured Coneheads was an SNL movie, so it's possible that he was in that too. But I guess Chris Rock fills all those buckets too. Um, so we'll see who's right. We said Adam Sandler. Okay, so this one, um, The Longest Yard, Grown Ups, and The Week Of all contain Adam Sandler and Chris Rock, but Coneheads only contains Adam Sandler. So Adam all Sandler right. is the correct answer. <laughs> I shouldn't have overthought well it. Oh, I, w- I was thinking like, oh, Adam Sandler, it's way too easy. Go for the other route. And I, I went Chris Rock, but well played. Well played, sir. I'm really I'm really <laughs> proud that we both we got both of those right there. <laughs> it was a coin flip at the end. Yep. <laughs> okay. Uh, number 10 is Fasten Your Seatbelt. And it is the 1993 film, The Last Action Hero, features many action movie tropes, including a memorable car chase sequence. But what sort of car does Arnie's character, Jack Slater, drive during the chase? So I was telling Jeff, uh, Last Action Hero is like one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, one of my favorite Arnold movies. And uh, I'm just kind of racking my brain on the ma- uh, make and model of the car. So in the car, in the car chase scene, it's when the main character um, transforms through the, or goes through the movie screen. He ends up in Arnie's back seat. Um, he uh, turns off a uh, stick of dynamite. And, um, and then they, they get chased by an ice cream truck and the ice cream truck, uh, is blown up or gets shot at. And like a guy gets an ice cream cone in his head. Anyway, I can't think of the name of the, of the car he drives. It's like a boat. It's a gold. It's really wide and it's convertible. I want to say I I'm really at a loss for words here, but I think maybe it's a GTO cause it's like kind of a, a muscle car. So we're just going to lock in with GTO. Yeah. We also thought it was a, probably a, um, American muscle car, and uh, we locked in with Chevy Charger. Okay, so um, yeah, it was a, an American muscle car, I believe. Um, I will probably not be able to pronounce the actual model of it because it's not one we have over here. We don't get many of these, but it's a it's a 1969 Pontiac Boneville or Bonville. Mm, Bonneville. Bonneville. Well, you're Bonneville, right with Pontiac, Neil. That's what I said. Yeah, That's, yeah, those cars are boats. You're right, Neil. <laughs> I, I knew it was a Pontiac, and I knew it was a boat. I just I couldn't remember if it was a GTO or a Bonneville. Yeah, because it's yeah. huge. I mean, it's a huge car. All right, well, after that great first round of questions from David, it looks like Team Emmanuel Kant even uh, is at 55, and Iron Brew Mountain Dew is at 60. Uh, what do you have in store for us for the swing round, David? Okay, so this is going to be an interesting little swing round. It is British and Irish sports teams. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to be doing is I'm going to be reading out the name of uh, sports teams based on either the UK or Ireland. I just need you to tell me what sport they play. Um, just to clarify, there are going to be 10 different sports, so no sport will be repeated. Um, yeah, what I think I'm going to do is read out two for each sport. And yeah, one to 10, your first one is the Wigan Warriors and the Leeds Rhinos. Your second one is Blackburn Rovers and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Your third one, Cardiff Devils and Belfast Giants. Number four is Lancashire Lightning and Leicestershire Foxes. Number five is Sale Sharks and Bristol Bears. Number six is Essex Arrows and London Capitals. Number seven is Newcastle Eagles and Glasgow Rocks. Number eight is Manchester Thunder and Surrey Storm. Number nine is Somerset Rebels and Edinburgh Monarchs. And then number ten is just Tipperary and Cork. Okay, we're going to take a look at these and we'll be right back. 
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-off launches April 9th. Looks like the answers are in. So, David, let's go through these one more time and get the answers. Okay, so uh, number one uh, was Wigan Warriors and Leeds Rhinos. So what did you guys have? Uh, we'll start over here. Uh, that one we just thought because of the rhinos, the charging, we thought maybe it's rugby. Um, I was 100% on that one. That's um, rugby league. I'm a St. Helens fan myself. Um, but, yeah, you, you didn't name me. That's definitely rugby league. Uh, yeah, that, that is rugby league. Uh, being a Wigan Warriors man myself, um, we, we are right. arch enemies for life now, unfortunately. <laughs> Don't worry, just some rugby banter, guys. Don't worry, we've got this. <laughs> Okay, so number two, that was uh, Blackburn Rovers and Wolverhampton Wanderers. Yeah, those. Uh, I'm pretty sure those are soccer teams. They are indeed soccer teams. Uh, dare I ask which one of the two you support, David? Uh, I'm a Blackburn Rovers fan. Oh, the silent. The silent. <laughs> have, well, no, I, I don't. I'm not. I don't particularly follow English football. I oh. do know that, that they currently have one more Premier League title than Liverpool for the we next two for about three three matches i think <laughs> it, it, it won't take them long um yeah it, i mean it's gonna really hurt me to say this but it is soccer <laughs> <laughs> all right i need to go for a shower now i feel dirty <laughs> i mean you can call football that's fine okay number three we had the cardiff devils and the belfast giants Weren't too sure. Uh, we figured in, in Cardiff you might see uh, the doctor running around quite a bit, uh, but we weren't. We thought maybe Giants, big guys, rugby players have big muscles, so we said rugby. Mm-hmm. We also thought Giants would be big, big guys. We thought maybe they took on some of that NFL Europe that was in the '90s, and thought might maybe this is American football. Okay, so it is an American sport. Well, probably more a Canadian sport. It is ice hockey. Mm. See, I, mm-hmm. I told you there's probably an ice hockey in here. Oh, dear. That's bad news for one of our other answers. <laughs> yep. Okay, number four was Lancashire Lightning and Leicestershire Foxes. All right, uh, we had no idea on this one, uh, so we decided to go with one of our favorite, uh, not necessarily sports, but pastimes. We said billiards. Mm, the old billiards teams. Snooker teams. Uh, <laughs> this is uh, a sport that I didn't know was a sport until Eddie said it out loud, and he said netball. Okay, so um, billiards teams normally would be named after a pub, not a county. Um, Addy, you did pick up earlier that a certain sport was normally named after counties. If I'd just read the counties, it would have been too easy. I've read you out the 2020 team name. Oh, and it is that's where I... <laughs> there was a question in the competitive quiz fairly recently. It, asked, it basically asked the name of or a Weber, it asked for the name of a Weber-related team. It was it basically it was a clue towards um, Lancashire Lightning. I knew that it was. Oh. I knew I'd heard the question, and, and there I heard go. the team. And I couldn't pick a sport up. And just to confirm, uh, that was cricket, David. You said right? Uh, cricket, yeah. Okay, well, great. Twenty twenty cricket. If you want to be overly specific, so number five was sail sharks and Bristol bears. 
Yeah, we decided not to play around with this one. We just said uh, we know sail is probably a place, but uh, we because of the sharks, we just said maybe it's a sailing team. Oh, I know this one's automatically wrong. Uh, my own local ice hockey team is named the Solway Sharks because of the Solway Firth. I know I've heard of the Sol of the Sail Sharks, but I can't remember what sport they do. But clearly, it is not what we said, which is ice hockey. Uh, no, it's not ice hockey. Uh, if it would help you at all, Addy, uh, a famous player from the Wigan Warriors went over to the Sail Sharks with Jason Robinson. They are nope. a rugby union team. Mm. I ruled that out. Number six was the Essex Arrows and the London Capitals. Yep, this one um, we know is wrong now. We just said hockey. Uh, this one... I thought arrows sounded kind of like something that you'd have in baseball. I don't know why, just something fast projectile. So we said baseball. Okay, so the Essex Arrows and the London Capitals, they are baseball teams. All right. Nice. (laughs) Okay, number seven, we had the Newcastle Eagles and Glasgow Rocks. We thought, uh, what's a sport that's high-flying in rocks? And we said beach volleyball. Oh, that'd be fun. Uh, we weren't sure either and kind of went with something like field hockey. I lived in Glasgow for 10 years. I should, I know I could rule out a lot and I couldn't figure out what was actually left. Okay, Addy, I could feel your frustration as you were doing this. And I'm going to frustrate you even more because this is one of the ones that you ruled out. It's basketball. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> Well, that's a little bit of a spoiler for number eight. So let's hear those because you're going to hear why we did not get points. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number eight was Manchester Thunder and Surrey Storm. Yeah, to match uh, the American Thunder, we thought maybe they took the name and it was basketball. We did exactly the same. We said basketball for that one. <laughs> okay, um, it's similar-ish to basketball. It is netball. Okay, number nine, we had the Somerset Rebels and the Edinburgh Monarchs. Yep, uh, this one uh, we didn't really know either, uh, so we just said polo. Running out of sports on this one, um, but we ended up going with thinking that it's, it's a sport that tends to come up if you're looking for an obscure sport. It's becoming a lot more popular now. We said uh, roller derby. Okay, so this one, the Somerset Rebels and the Edinburgh Monarchs, they are teams, so they are on wheels. It's uh, it's two wheels because they are speedway teams. Speedway. <laughs> I don't know what any of these things are. <laughs> I had it in my head and didn't see it. I just looked up netball, and it looks like somebody just forgot to put the backboard up. I, <laughs> I was the same thing. <laughs> netball, it's, yeah, it, it's, uh, it, it does come up in trivia a fair amount. It's seven players. All of It's almost entirely played by women. Very okay. seldom played by men for some reason. Well, I um, hope to break that mold in training <laughs> starting today. There you go, Matt. Uh, uh, Matt has now registered the domain uh, US Men's Netball. So there you go. <laughs> okay, your 10th, and you'll probably be glad to hear your last one of these. It was Tipperary and Cork. Um, so we thought, what are uh, what's a sport that's maybe only played in Ireland? Because we think those are both Irish counties. And we said Gaelic football. I think we said the same thing, but... That, no, we said we went... Different thing? Can, I consider that and decided to just go with a complete stereotypically Irish sport and said hurling. Okay, so interestingly enough, um, this is one that I have two correct answers for because um, both these sports are part of the GAA, which I think is the Gaelic Athletics Association. And uh, the correct answers for this, I would accept either Gaelic football or hurling. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, nice. Uh, Well, after that uh, fun swing round, it looks like uh, our team over here picked up uh, three correct answers. So we're at 70 and uh, Matt and Addy's team is now at 80. So it's still a close game. So let's uh, let's go right into round two. We're excited to get some more points here. (laughs) Okay. um, Number 11. uh, It's titled Law and Order. And this is a bit wordy and a bit sciencey, so please bear with me. It is, which scientific law is a gas law stating that the pressure and volume of a gas have an inverse relationship? If volume increases, then pressure decreases, and vice versa, when the temperature is held constant. When the volume is halved, the pressure is doubled, and if the volume is doubled, the pressure is halved. One mathematical equation to present the law 
is PV equals K. Okay, we're going to lock in over here and let you guys talk. Ooh, you knew all right. I think, is this Boyle's Law? It's that, that when I hear scientific law and relating to gas. Um, yeah, I was going to say, I think it starts with a B, and that does yeah, start I, with a B. So. I, think it's, I, think, I think it's Boyle's Law. Okay. Um, Locked in. Science. Dun, dun. And we said Boyle's Law. Okay, so this one, uh, if you were in France, you would probably know it as Marriott's Law, but uh, it is named after Robert Boyle, Boyle's Law. Hey. All right. Good way to start the second round. Number 12. This is a King's Ransom. In 1810, King George III started a boxing tradition by doing what to bare-knuckle boxer Tom Cribb after he defeated Tom Molyneux? So Jeff and I... <laughs> We're uh, a little unsure. We, we know that we've gotten this one wrong many times. We said what kind of gesture could have been something that was uh, repeated um, for years after. And uh, Jeff, what did you say? Uh, we thought maybe this was the first time uh, he held up a boxer's hand triumphantly in victory. Um, I thought that this was a pre-match ritual, and I thought this was when they're supposed to tap gloves. So I said they touched gloves. Okay, so um, they wouldn't have been able to touch gloves. So this was back bare in the bare knuckle boxing <laughs> era. Um, you guys were very close uh, with holding his hand up. Uh, it was something in celebration of the victory. And what he did is he presented him with a belt made of lion skin and decorated with deer claws. And something that triviality patrons all hold. That's right. Yeah, we, we mail everyone a belt made of skin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't have much more. Yeah, that was, I think that was human skin, though. That was Not a fun discussion skin. with customs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, number thirteen. This is capital punishment, and it's quite a short one because it's not really much I can do to drag it out. It is simply which European country has the capital city of Riga? Yeah, I know this. I can. We can lock in. All right. The length at which Jeff is thinking of this question is punishment. Oh, where is gonna uh, be a while. Where is Phil from? Ah, Lithuania. Is it Lithuania? Why not? Like, I feel like it's it's one of those Baltic. Maybe the only I, word in Lithuanian I know is labas. So it's, it's either that or um, Latvia. Hmm. How about yeah? In honor of Phil, let's lock in with Lithuania. All right. What did we say, Eddie? Uh, you are you you're gonna kick yourselves because you flipped the coin. You've gone the wrong way. It, uh, it is Latvia. Lithu- Lithuania's capital is unfortunately Vilnius. That's right. Uh, yeah, Addy said it best. Um, you flipped the coin the wrong way. It is Latvia. Mm. Right. Okay. Question number fourteen is uh, Neil. That's spelled N-E-I-L before Zod. Because cheap pun. Why not? <laughs> In two thousand and thirteen. UK citizen Neil McArdle was handed a 12-month prison sentence for taking what drastic action to try and disguise the fact he had forgotten to book his wedding venue? We are going to uh, lock in. Oh, locked in. He's <laughs> locking in. Okay, yeah, I've got. Right. Um, I have got no idea. I don't recall ever having heard about this story. Yeah. I got, I got next to nothing, so... I've got nothing on this, so we just, lock, just have to give up on this one? Just... Yeah, general fraud. Yeah. <laughs> general fraud. Okay, uh, we, we discussed a few things um, just for fun. Jeff said he, maybe he faked his death. I said maybe he robbed the uh, schedule or calendar so that no one would have a, a wedding date. Uh, but along those same lines, we just thought, you know, if he forgot to book and uh, his wife would be mad at him. We said, well, why didn't, why didn't he just burn down the venue so no one could have a wedding? So we said he burned it down. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, I like the fact that burning down the entire venue would only give him a 12-month prison sentence. I don't actually know what, what are some prison sentences here. We didn't either. We, we thought it was a little light. Okay, yeah, so what he did, um, it, you, you sort of caught on to the right ideas, so he wanted to make sure that nobody could have um, their wedding there, or nobody would turn. There would be a reason for them to not turn up, and him not get found out. And what he did is uh, he rang up and called in a bomb threat. Mm, okay. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, number fifteen, and this one is titled "Kick Off the Sunday Shoes." 
The original Footloose film is well known for starring Kevin Bacon in the leading role and is a definite favourite of Star-Lord. But which Woody Allen favourite, who would go on to win two supporting actress Oscars for films under his direction, played the mother of Spacey's love interest, Ariel Moore? Cool. Um, so I've seen Footloose once on TNT in a hungover afternoon. Um, I don't, I've never seen any Woody Allen movies. So what I'm saying is I'm not helpful to this question. Yeah, we don't, we got nothing. Yeah, we got nothing. It's happening out. All right, so they have nothing over there. Um, this is an actress that, uh, she's a great character actress, and I believe it's Diane Weist. Uh, Charles Boyle's favorite on uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And Boyle's Law. It all comes together. Okay, so, uh, yeah, it is. Uh, she won her supporting actress for Hannah and Her Sisters and Bullets Over Broadway, which are both Woody Allen directed films, and she is Diane Weist. So number 16 is Say Cheese. And it is what sort of cheese originates from a village in Somerset, England, originally matured in local caves. The cheese dates back all the way to the 12th century, as an 1170 pipe roll of King Henry II shows him purchasing 10,240 pounds of the cheese at a farthing per pound. Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know this one. Um, yeah, we can we can lock in. Okay. Are you okay with that, Matt? Oh yeah. All right, Jeff, because I don't think we're going to know this one. So this is what we're going to do. We're only going to take 10 seconds. Just name. I'm going to go back and forth. We're just going to name cheeses, and we'll f- see which one feels the best. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. Brie. Munster. Swiss. <laughs> Cheddar. <laughs> uh, mozzarella. Oh. Uh, Colby. Parm- Parmesan. Um, uh, what's another English cheese? I don't know any English cheeses. Do I? Me- I d- Mexican blend. Mexican. <laughs> co- cojita. Let's go Brie. We're going to lock him with Brie. Uh, yeah, funnily enough, you guys actually said the correct answer in your random list of cheeses. <laughs> uh, it is, in fact, uh, cheddar, which is, mm. each, yeah, which is which comes from um, from some, which I knew, I had a feeling that was going to be a question in this quiz because I knew, <laughs> um, because I know that there is a, that the village, there's a village called Cheddar uh, in Somerset. Yeah, it's probably the only thing that Somerset is famous for is, uh, yeah, we invented cheese pretty much. So, oh, Good on you guys. Yeah, exactly. Thanks to us. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and yeah, the correct answer was cheddar, just to clarify, because I don't mm-hmm. think I said that, but I agreed. Cool. So, yeah, 17. Um, and the question is, uh, what sort of animal can be either new world or old world and has species such as king, turkey, bearded and Egyptian whilst flying they would be a kettle whilst resting they would be a committee but whilst feeding they would be awake it could be not as pigeon or I, I mean penguin makes sense too but they don't fly penguins don't fly and there are king, um, king penguins that is a type of penguin Egyptian penguin seems a little strange because <laughs> um, Antarctic creatures that have right. a variety from the desert. We can well, say we... dragon on the ground. Sometimes dragons fly. And yeah, sure. They, we know a beard dragon is a thing. So new world dragons. Here we go. If uh, I learned anything going to medieval times in a historical context, uh, we just took a guess that uh, they had falcons. So there was falconry. So we said a falcon. Okay, so uh, one of you is very close, and one of you is uh, really not. Um, <laughs> I wonder who, which one's, I wonder yeah. which one is close. <laughs> all, all I can think of uh, when you're going down the lizard route is just the, the absolute beauty of what a turkey dragon would be. That That is my new favourite animal. <laughs> and, um, but So they're not falcons, uh, they're all species of uh, vultures. Vultures. Oh, that makes sense. I wondered about that. Yeah, that I makes sense. I, none of the words for sense. describing them, even though I know they're not. Well, it totally canon. makes sense that it's awake when they're. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Awake. Yeah. Yeah. Feeding off the dead the, stuff. Yeah. yeah. Feeding off the dead. Yeah. That makes Some, sense. Sometimes when there's multiple clues, it's harder because then you start <laughs> latching on to other things and get yourself way away. <laughs> yeah. When there's. Yeah, but so I what you're saying is it's my fault. No, yes. no. Well, yeah, <laughs> Matt kind of is, but uh, it's when there's a when there's a myriad of MacGuffins, it's always yeah. hard. Uh, number eighteen is the agency, and it's in order to form 
his sports management agency, Rock Nation Sports, Jay-Z had to sell shares that he owned in what sports team? Mm. We can lock in. Okay. <laughs> uh, the only team I know that he has, he's part owner of, is the Brooklyn Nets, I believe. Cheer, Brooklyn. Um, but Nick, uh, Nixon Nets give him high fives. Yeah, that's right. I, I think he's that's the only one I know of, unless he like sold this earlier for Rock Nation because it would have been earlier on. But yeah, let's just we're gonna go Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, you can't um, be a sports agent in any league where you own a portion of the team. Uh, he, I think there's only like 0.5 percent ownership of it because they wanted him to show up and be kind of the mascot because they were terrible at the time. But I, I'm almost 100 percent sure it was the New Jersey slash Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. He owns like a, a minuscule amount of the team. Um, but yeah, it was it was the Nets. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he originally part of it was he wanted to own part of the Barclays Center because they own part of that too, because that was that's where the real money is in a lot of these is owning the stadium too. But he had to get rid of it. And he's just making a fortune as a agent, so good for him. Yeah, and I, I don't think Aaron's going to sell her shake in the Barclays Center, so she's holding out <laughs> for Jay Hundred percent ownership. Um, okay, um, number nineteen is titled "When You Don't Even Try." And it is uh, in a game of rugby union. If one team scored a converted penalty and two drop goals, and the other team scored two drop goals and a converted penalty, what would the final score be? All right, uh, we're locked in over here. Oh, you did that really quick. You must know your rugby. I was going to say it goes one of two ways. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you know about this, Addy? Uh, penalty is three, and I believe a drop goal is two. Um, yeah. Okay, so that's seven to seven, right? Seven. Yeah, seven to seven. I have, a, I have a horrible feeling there's some sort of trick here in, in relation to the word converted. But okay. yes, it must be seven. It's the exact same score, it looks like. So it must be seven, seven. Okay. Well, throughout all of our rugby knowledge, uh, we just figured we would take the actual uh, numbers that uh, Addy was talking about. We would just double them. Um, and so we came up with 14 to 14. Okay, so in a game of rugby union, uh, a penalty is score uh, scores you three points, and a drop goal scores you three points. Ah, mm. <laughs> oh, um, oh uh, to, to be fair, what you pointed out, Addy, is uh, that I wrote the question wrong. It was supposed to be um, two penalties and one drop goal, and then two drop goals and one penalty, so that it would still be nine apiece. But you'd be thinking more about. Well, we got there. And yeah, we were wrong. I, I, in fact, why? Why did I think that a drop? Go- of course, a drop goal and a penalty are the same score. I don't know even why I said that. What the drop goals are too, because I know full well they they are both for three. I don't. That's just sheer stupidity on my part. So number twenty, uh, your last one is called changing channels, and the question is, which often referenced TV show, co-created by Dan Gore won two awards at the 2014 Golden Globes, which were Best Television Series and Best Performance by an Actor in a Television Series in its relevant category. Okay, so we kind of just stuck with the oft-referenced. I think it lasted this long, um, but we weren't sure, but we said The Office. Okay. Um, we thought maybe it could be The Office, but I don't think Dan Gore uh, was one of the creators. I think it was... Uh, Mike or um daniels and uh, greg daniels yeah. yeah greg daniels but um i i remember i'm just going off the awards angle and i remember when brooklyn 99 had its first season it won the golden globe for best uh, comedy and, and best actor for andy samberg and it never won any awards after that uh because that's how the golden globes are and i think it was about five years ago so we just on a whim said brooklyn 99 okay so uh, I did get a bit worried about five questions ago when I thought you had started picking up on it. Um, so the fact that I say often referenced uh, is simply just throughout this quiz, every single uh, answer has been a reference, some very loosely shoehorned in, but they've all been a reference to uh, the correct answer, which is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm. Oh, yeah, Boyle, Charles Boyle. I had oh. mentioned even. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I have never seen the show, so I... Wow. Um, That's great. That's awesome. That's why this game is great, uh, David. Um, 
So before we go to the final round, um, just to give a score recap, it's very tight. Uh, our team, Emmanuel Kant even, is at 110. Iron Brew and Mountain Dew is at 120. And uh, before we go to the final round, just a big thank you to both Addy and David for being Patreon supporters, uh, the Cruiserweight level. If you'd like to join them uh, on Patreon, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And at each different level, there's many different perks from posters and character boxes uh, and uh, special uh, recordings if you'd like and stickers and things like that. So if you'd like to join them, support the show, keep us going, keep uh, keep us growing, uh, growing and going and uh, going and growing, growing and going. Yeah, I was trying to go back and forth and it sounds like the same word. Anyway, if you'd like to support uh, us and join them, uh, please go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. And in honor of Patreon, it's going to sponsor these final five questions from David. So David, uh, what are the final five categories? So your final wager questions, um, I took time out of all the smartness of references and that, all into that first bit. So they are quite simple, and they are number one, Green Arrow, number two, UK boy bands, number three, Constantine, number four, Sean Bean, and number five, Fallout. All the wagers are locked in, so let's uh, get to these questions, David. Okay, no problem. So, number one is Green Hour, and it is Green uh, Oliver Queen's superhero alter ego traditionally lives in the fictional city of Star City. However, which real-world city did he relocate to in the Longbow Hunters miniseries and has featured as his home after the new 52 reboot? Number two is UK boy bands, and it is which late 90s boy band had three UK number ones with Keep On Moving, Let's Dance, and a version of We Will Rock You with Queen. American listeners might know them best from their song Slam Dunk the Funk, which was made the NBA's theme song in 1998, despite only reaching number 86 in the Billboard charts. Number three is Constantine. Exorcist, Warlock, and Master of the Dark Arts, John Constantine, has found mixed success in mainstream media. The 2005 film received mixed-to-average reviews, and his live-action TV series was cancelled halfway through. Comic book fans will probably know him best as the lead character of what comic book series? Number four is Sean Bean, and it is despite becoming famous for being that guy who dies all the time. Sean Bean first found mainstream success in the UK for portraying the title character in which TV show based on a series of Bernard Cornwall novels set primarily in the Napoleonic Wars. And then number five is Fallout. And it is Bethesda has done pretty well at getting celebrity voice actors in games. Who can forget Sean Bean's appearance in Oblivion and Ron Powman in Fallout New Vegas? But fans may have been taken aback playing Fallout 3 when they had the voice of which major Hollywood star playing the main character's father, James? Okay, we are going to take some time uh, to answer these and we'll be right back. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. 
I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All the answers have been locked in, so let's throw it back to David to hear those questions and uh, reveal the answers. Okay, so the first one was Green Arrow, and it was Oliver Queen's superhero alter ego, traditionally lived in the fictional Star City. However, which real-world city did he relocate to in the Longbow Hunters miniseries and has featured as his home after the new 52 reboot? We'll start over here. Uh, we wager 10 all the way down just to keep it simple. Uh, we didn't really know this one. I'm not too familiar with Green Arrow other than some of the actors that played him, and I, I haven't watched the show, but uh, Green Arrow uh, has the word green in his name, and I was like, what city is known for being green, quote-unquote? Uh, it would be the Emerald City, so we just said Seattle. Mm, that kind of makes sense. Um, we wagered 10. I know that Star City was supposed to be somewhere on the East Coast because it's supposed to be like the either Philadelphia to... Gotham's New York or somewhere around there. So we thought maybe he stayed on the coast, wagered 10, and said Baltimore. Okay, so, uh, yeah, it is Seattle. I didn't know oh, that wow. any of the other stuff that they said, but, yeah, you managed to get there. It was Seattle. Look at you guys go. <laughs> Dumb luck. That's how it always works. <laughs> the best kind of luck. Okay, number two was UK boy bands, and it was which late 90s boy band had three UK number ones with Keep On Moving. Let's Dance, and a version of We Will Rock You with Queen. American listeners might know them best from their song Slam Dunk the Funk, which was made the NBA's theme song in 1998, despite only reaching number 86 in the Billboard charts. Yep, uh, so this one, uh, David uh, had me sweating a little bit because earlier I said, you know, I love UK (laughs) boy bands, and he said, uh, you know, get ready for a question. Um, this boy band I consider to be the second best use of putting a number in place of a letter, which would be seven, uh, oh, the original one. Numbers. Well, number, sorry, numbers in, in place of a letter. So you have the, the movie seven. <laughs> no, but I mean the word, like the title numbers. Yeah, also, correct. Oh, numbers, correct. Yeah. Uh, but seven would be number one. But uh, for them, I believe it's the boy band five, which has the number five as their first letter. Yeah. I, what, what did we wager in this one again, Matt? I can't uh, remember. 15. 50. We wager 15. Uh, I get. I do get mixed up on my UK boy bands, kind of the, the whole clutch of them at the end of the late 90s, but another one that I used to dance to a lot at the end of the night in golf, in golf rock clubs. Uh, yeah, we, we, I did know this one. It was five. Um, yeah, um, it was five. Uh, they're actually still going now, but there's only three of them, and I, I saw them in concert about a week or two ago, which was quite... Uh, oh sweet that's so awesome the new band name yeah. is Threve now the combination of three and five <laughs> uh, it was uh, me and three male friends and we were the only single males in the entire building and it was on Valentine's Day as well actually so that was weird so you had a nice man in Tyne's Day yeah, exactly <laughs> okay um, number three was Constantine and it was Exorcist Warlock and Master of the Dark Arts John Constantine has found mixed success in mainstream media. The 2005 film received mixed-to-average reviews and his live-action TV series was cancelled halfway through. Comic book fans will probably know him best as the lead character of what comic book series? Uh, Oh, I just... I think I just screwed up. Okay, so I don't know anything about the comics. Um, I do know... So all I'll say is I do know that his comics are called Hellblazer, but I thought David was asking for what group comic he's in. And the only reason I know this answer that we went with is Guillermo del Toro has been trying to make a Justice League dark com- or a movie for forever, which is basically Justice League, but all the characters are really dark. Like That makes total sense when I say it out loud. Um, <laughs> anyway, we locked in with uh, Justice League dark, which I think is incorrect. Okay, so we wagered 15 on this one. Um, honestly, not too sure. Uh, 
didn't really know that much about the Constantine comic. Um, all that stuff about Justice League Dark and Hellraiser sounds right. Uh, so we locked in with Hellboy, which is not right. Okay, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was asking for uh, the series that he was lead character of, which was uh, Hellblazer. He was, of course, in Justice League Dark, which uh, I think is probably one of the best uh, DC animated films they've ever done. Absolutely love that. But yeah, the correct answer was Hellblazer. Sorry, Jeff. I, th- I thought he meant group series. Oh, no, it's fine. Okay. Um, yeah, sorry about any confusion there. Uh, number four was Sean Bean. And it was despite becoming famous for being that guy who dies all the time, Sean Bean first found mainstream success in the UK for portraying the title character in which TV show based on a series of Bernard Cornwell novels set primarily in the Napoleonic Wars? Yep. So again, we wagered 10 on this one. Uh, we had no idea. We thought, uh, we'll just name uh, the battle that Napoleon was defeated at. And so we said Waterloo. Uh, by far the one I was most confident on with this one, uh, we wagered 15. Um, uh, no, and... we, wagered, we wagered 20 on this one. No, we, wager, oh, yeah, we wagered 20 on this one. Yeah. Um, and this is uh, Sharp. Yep, the, yeah, the series is called Sharp, and it features Sean Bean surviving an unreal amount of stuff, hmm. which is sort of why he ended up dying and everything he did after that, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, that was uh, sharp number five was Fallout. And it was uh, Bethesda has done pretty well at getting celebrity voice actors in games. Who can forget Sean Bean's appearance in Oblivion, Ron Perlman in Fallout New Vegas. But fans may have been taken aback playing Fallout 3 mm. when they heard the voice of which major Hollywood star playing the main character's father, James. I just got the clue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there was a clue. I don't know. Yeah, we wagered 10 on this one. We oh, thought I just got the clue, too. Yeah. Shoot. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, so we figured he's popped up everywhere else. Uh, we're just going to go Keanu Reeves. Mm. It, yeah, the clue has just taken me to the right answer. I believe this is what we said anyway, but uh, it's Liam Neeson, we wagered five. Yep, you are correct. Yep. You may have been taken aback because it was <laughs> Liam Neeson. All right. After the final round, uh, our team over here at Emmanuel Kant, even uh, we lost 10, basically. So we're at 100. Uh, but today's cream of the crop with 135 points is Iron Brew and Mountain Dew. Nice game, well gentlemen. Done. I'm talking about all the way to the top. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> hey. There you thank go. You, Matt. <laughs> oh, no. Thank you for knowing stuff about anything that isn't in America. I didn't know anything. <laughs> you knew about more. Definitely, you definitely knew more answers than I did today. Yeah, yeah. We'll call it even. Well, uh, thank you very much, Addy, first of all, for joining us uh, for indirectly inspiring David to check out the show, uh, become a fan. But uh, thank you very much for taking the time today. We look forward to seeing you uh, here in Chicago uh, in the past. people in the past. The point, yeah. That's right. He's going to time travel. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I'm anyway. sure we had a brilliant time. Yeah. I'm sure it was we did. great to see you. Yes. We great. won't talk about the incident. We know what happened. You know, we, we all know we're not going to talk about it. Yep. That's, that's between you, me, immigration, the police. and <laughs> Yeah. Scotty Pippen. You're right. And David, uh, great game. I know uh, how hard you work to put this together uh, in the time allotted. And uh, we really appreciate it. The questions were great. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, and uh, anything you'd like to say before we uh, we have you sign off? Uh, no, no. I just want to say uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been really good finally uh, actually talking to you guys. I've listened to you guys for the past few months, like every day on the way to work. So actually being able to talk back and you actually hear me rather than me just shouting, you know, at strangers in cars. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. It's one of my favorite things to do, though. Yeah, well, we, we hear everything. We're almost kind of omni, omnipotent. So if, if you just say something while listening to the podcast, <laughs> we'll hear it. So anytime someone makes a dig about my, a bad accent that I do, I do die a little bit inside. Yeah, my uh, back was like spasming the other day. I must have gotten something wrong on the show. Yeah, it's like the voodoo doll of podcasting or something. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, David, uh, for taking the time and also for supporting us on Patreon. Uh, for Ken, who is fixing Maytags, uh, we'll, we'll see him again soon. But for Matt, Addy, David, Jeff, and myself, that was Triviality. Uh, to answer a question that was brought up earlier, and this is very important, uh, the single for I Want It That Way dropped April 12th, and at that time, April 10th through May 1st, the number one Billboard song of 1999, TLC's No Scrubs. Ooh, classic. Uh,